Hubert Davis has issued another scholarship offer in the class of 2025, and you better believe it's to another elite-level basketball player. Coach Davis is not playing around. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. I want to thank you for tuning in to get your team every day. This episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on College for $20 off your first purchase. Want to welcome in all the everydayers. Thanks for checking in. As always, I love seeing you guys popping into like the YouTube comments and saying, hey, everydayer here, checking in. Man, it's just so cool to be together. Coming up on the show today, several things. I've got like multiple basketball tidbits we need to talk about and catch up on. Also, want to look at kind of the state of the ACC in football. Uh, three weeks into the season, where things are at and where things are are looking to go heading into conference play starting this weekend. Hard to believe it's going to be starting in earnest. But before we get there, I want to talk about another scholarship offer Coach Davis has extended in the class of 2025, which is this year's junior class, the, the kids that are juniors right now in high school. This guy's name is Jasper Johnson. He is from the Lexington, Kentucky area. (laughs) Yeah, that Lexington, Kentucky. We'll talk more about that. But actually is playing at Link Academy down in Branson, Missouri, which is where Elliot Cadeau had been and was slated to play again this year before reclassifying. But also Tar Heel class of 24 commit James Brown is at Link Academy this year playing down there. And so... Uh, man, th- there's something going on in the water down at Link Academy. Seems like we just need to create a pipeline, right? Like, I think that just makes sense at this point. Uh, but interestingly, Branson, Link Academy is just like an hour and a half south of me. So I need to go uh, go down there and get the scouting report on Mr. Jasper Johnson. Um, so uh, the reports are, I read this on Inside Carolina and other places, that both Coach Davis and Coach Frederick were down at Link on Monday talked with Jasper while they were there. And then ultimately coach Davis offered him a scholarship. Now, obviously this is not the first time they had seen him had had the opportunity to see him play this summer at EYBL and other things. And we'll talk about his experiences there and his game and all that in a little bit. But the reason I I always like, I want to hit this off the top is because as I said, Coach Davis has now offered eight different um, recruits in the class of 2025, and all eight of them are high-level, elite basketball prospects. Um, Let let me give you their names alphabetically and where they are ranked like in the composite, the the rankings combination combination of on three, ESPN, 247, and Rivals. Because, y'all, Coach Davis is going for it, and I love it. And that's why I want to just rattle off everyone's name. I'll give them to you alphabetically and what their ranking is in that combined composition rankings. Cam Boozer, the dude, the stud, ranked number one in the class. And yes, for those of you who haven't um, been keeping up with recruiting stuff, that is Carlos Boozer from Duke's son. Also, his twin brother, Caden Boozer, who's 15th, 
Isaiah Harwell, who's eighth, Jasper Johnson, who we're talking about today, who's 13th, Koa Pete, third, Darren Peterson, second, Bryson Tiller, sixth, and Caleb Wilson, fourth. <laughs> so of the eight scholarship offers that Coach Davis has extended in this class, six of the eight are to top, like, uh, consensus top eight players in the class. Ridiculous stuff there. And again, I love this because to me, it shows that Coach Davis is not afraid to go after top tier talent and get them to Chapel Hill. And in fact, has shown himself capable of reeling them in. I also, you know, things like going, talking about Lexington, Kentucky, we talked about this last week, but going and getting TJ Beisner from, from Kentucky, who was running their NIL stuff, was their de facto general manager saying, yeah, I'm about to walk into John Calipari's house and take his NIL guy. I love it. I love the moxie on coach Davis with this, and I want to see him keep doing it. So um, as for Johnson himself, let's talk more about Jasper Johnson and, and who he is and what he might mean for North Carolina. He is, as I said, from Lexington area, but do not chalk him up to being an automatic Kentucky lean. I'll, I'll share with you in just a minute some uh, a quote from Jasper himself to that end. In terms of his size, he's I've seen him anywhere from 6'2 to 6'5. I would actually expect the higher range of that is what's more accurate. I'm under the impression that that 6'2 size is more what he looked like coming into his sophomore year and that has grown a little bit and so is more now in that 6'4, 6'5 range. Same with his weight. I've seen it as low as 165, but as high as 180. I would tend to be nearer to that, that higher end, regardless of any of this. As a junior in high school, a homie's already 6'3", 6'4". That's great guard size for somebody that can play the one or two, which is what Jasper Johnson can do. And at that, you know, like in between 150 and 200, I'd like to see him keep adding some weight as he gets into his junior year, junior season and into his senior season. But man, I'm encouraged by all of that. Um, here, here's a quote from Jasper Johnson. This comes directly from Inside Carolina's article. On it. He says, quote, it's a blessing to be able to be recruited by them, meaning UNC. He, Coach Davis, was telling me how interested they were in me and how much he liked how I played at Peach Jam, which for those who aren't aware is like the summer basketball for AAU. Like that is the pinnacle of it. You got to get through all these levels of EYBL and then it culminates at Peach Jam. So killing it at the tip top of high school AAU summer stuff. He said he liked how I performed today, but that wasn't the whole story. And this is why I love coach Davis. He said he likes coaching good people and he could tell I'm a good kid with a good family. And then he offered me. And so classic Hubert Davis here. Right. And so I'd love, love to hear this. Now, uh, Carolina is a little bit late to the party. Johnson already has offers from here's just like a litany of schools alphabetically. Auburn, Baylor, Cincinnati, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisville, Memphis, Missouri, Ohio State, Xavier. I'm just reeling those off quickly just to say everybody's in on this young man, as you would expect for somebody that's ranked as highly as he is. But in terms of his game, let me share a little bit of that. He's a lefty. That's like the first thing I noticed because I'm a southpaw. I'm a lefty. I play guitar left-handed. I pitched left-handed. I shoot basket left-handed, all that. 
Um, so I love to see it. I love the lefty stroke. I think it's such a pretty thing. It For some people are like, hey, it looks weird because it's not what they're used to seeing. Man, I think it's awesome. A scouting report from Travis Branham of 247 Sports about Jasper Johnson. Quote, Johnson has been on a steady upward trajectory, trajectory Excuse me, over the last six months. He shined all spring and summer by using his physical tools to his advantage on defense. He also worked on developing and honing in on his long-range jumper. He impacts the game on both ends of the court. While he consistently scored the ball this AAU season, he has more to his game when the ball is in his hands than what he's gotten to show so far. And by the way, and end quote there, by the way, this summer, not only is he doing that, but he was playing up two divisions. He was playing in the 17-under league. That even is saying something about his competitiveness, his willingness to try to get better, even if he doesn't always stand out as he might with guys of his own age. A couple other things that I've noticed in my watching of Johnson's games and highlights and things, he is a willing passer, combo guard guy, right? Can shoot it around 40% this summer. Obviously, as, as we said, has the size that you want in the backcourt for somebody who can play the one or the, or the two, but he's not one of these dudes. Like, I cannot stand this type of basketball player. Oh, I'm just going to float around the perimeter and see if someone kicks out the ball. No, my man wants the ball in his hands and he can get to the rim and get up once he's there and throw it down. Like, that's the kind of guy I love to see, and that's what Jasper Johnson is. Here's a little bit about his game in his own words. Quote, I'm most comfortable at the one or the two, but either way, I can create for others. I'm an unselfish player, and I think I can play with anyone. I'm somebody who is a trusted player. I love to hear that from him. Who can make it a lot easier on my coaches and coaching staff? I'm just a playmaker. I can get done whatever needs to get done, end quote. I've also heard him talk about his IQ. These are all, th you know, I know that anyone can deliver a line. I hear that and I get that. But I love the things that Johnson is saying that matter to him. Now, I, I mentioned how don't just tune him out because he's from Lexington and assume he's going to Kentucky. Now, obviously, the Cats are going to be in the conversation. His And in fact, his dad was an all-SEC defensive end at Kentucky. His uncle played football for Kentucky. And his grandpa was an athletics administrator at UK. But... Another quote I've read from him, quote, nah, they don't have an edge, meaning Kentucky. I'm honestly open to anybody. That's encouraging, but even more so here. I really grew up a UNC fan. But as the recruitment process is starting to happen, I have to stay open to everybody so I can make the best decision for myself, end quote. I think that last part is not about Kentucky. I think that's about North Carolina, which I think is kind of cool that he's saying, yes, I grew up as a UNC fan, but I have to stay open to everyone, UNC and others in the recruitment process to see what's best for me. And so I, I fully believe that if Carolina is the best fit for him, if Coach Davis, you know, sh continues to show what he can do with guards, with with Elliott this year um, and, and others coming along with how we'll see how Seth Trimble continues to develop, then he can come from Lexington and certainly will if it's the right thing. In terms of his recruitment, he's going to West Virginia this weekend for an official visit. His first homie ain't going there. After all the Bob Huggins fiasco this summer, I wouldn't sniff West Virginia if I was a high-level recruit. I don't think Johnson will either. Apparently, he hopes to get to Chapel Hill sometime in the next couple months for a visit. We'll keep our eyes on that. Now, here's the thing. I talked about Hubert Davis. I love him getting 
are pitching and offering all these top level guys. But here's the thing. You got to seal the deal. Now you're not going to seal it on all. There's no way, you know, he's, he's just casting multiple irons in the fire. It's not realistic to think about getting all of them, but coach Davis, after landing this great 24 class that he has, which, you know, in some ways still, you think about Elliot as part of that, just because he came in under that. But how do you follow up that 24 class? You got to get some dudes here out of 25 and Jasper Johnson would be a great addition to that 25 class. Well, coming up, got some tidbits about the uh, upcoming basketball season, some multiple things. I've just got some thoughts about the secret scrimmage, um, Drake Powell continuing to rise, all of that. And we'll hit it in just a second. But before we get there, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app itself, it's super easy to use, and then you can bet on all sorts of stuff like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Folks, I want to remind you that coming up on Friday is college football kickoff live with Locked On. That'll be Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On YouTube college page. So obviously you can watch it right here uh, for those of you who tune in on YouTube watching our show. We're going to get you ready, obviously, for Carolina Pitt and then all the other great action coming up this weekend. Locked on college football kickoff live this Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you tune in. All right. As I said, I got multiple tidbits I just want to hit on in terms of Carolina basketball stuff. We're just going to bounce around with it a little bit. First off, some great news. A week from today, today is Tuesday, September 19th. One week from today, we are finally, finally going to get the ACC basketball schedule for the 23-24 season. So that's coming up on Tuesday, September 26th. My understanding from little birdie uh, is that it's going to be like an ACC network show. Some of you already might uh, know this as well, but just want to make sure that you are aware of that. So it'll come out next Tuesday. And then on Wednesday show, coach Pat Kilby and I are going to unpack it, talk about the schedule and lay out our thoughts on it. So uh, keep your eyes open for that. But as a reminder, while we may not know the dates and times and all that, we do already know who the opponents are going to be. Let me just quickly remind you of that because uh, the ACC for several cycles now has been rolling out like a three-year scheduling matrix where you see over the course of three years who will play home only, away only, and both only, along with the two teams that you play every year, both home and away. So coming up this season, home only is Louisville, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. Away only, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Virginia. And then both home and away, Duke and NC State, which is our our every year home and away. And then Clemson, FSU, Miami, and Syracuse. I'm not going to give any editorializing right now, any thoughts on it. Because again, Coach Pat Kilby and I will unpack that on next Wednesday's show. So make sure you tune in for that. 
But before we get to ACC play, there's the non-conference schedule. But even before that, there is the opportunity for an exhibition and or a secret scrimmage. The reason I say and or, you might or might not be aware of this, but teams can have two opportunities prior to the season to get some experience under their belt. Every so often in the summer, you're allowed to take a foreign trip. That's not what we're talking about here. I'm just talking about in the immediate lead up to the season. So you have two options, you can, or three options of two different types of things. You can either have two exhibition games, like public exhibition games, two so-called secret scrimmages, or one of each. And Carolina typically is doing one of each, and that's the same this year. We already know that there's going to be um, an exhibition on Friday, October 27th at 7.30 p.m. against St. Augustine's. And so make sure you are tuned in for that. But before that, we now know who this year's secret scrimmage opponent is going to be. This came out last week. Did, just didn't have a chance to get to it with getting all the football prep stuff for the Minnesota game. So you probably already know it. But just in case you don't, it's Florida Atlantic. And you might hear that and say, what? Why FAU? Usually we're playing a high major team, another power six team, either from, you know, the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, or Pac-12. Um, FAU, really? Folks, don't forget, this team made the Final Four last year, had 31 wins on the regular season. Ridiculous stuff. And they bring everyone back on their team. like essential like all the all five starters back so to me i think this is really neat for hubert davis and the staff to schedule this as the secret scrimmage it is a proven team that knows how to win that's veteran has one of the hottest young coaches in um in american i don't mean like hansel so hot right now like i'm not talking about physical i just mean like you know, people are, are all in on him, and that's Dusty May wanting to see what he can continue to do for the Owls this year. I mean, most people preseason have Florida Atlantic top five or top ten just right there in the mix. And so I love Carolina going out and saying, this team's hot right now. People are going to think this is cool. Let's check it out. And we, we don't have too many of the details yet because, again, it's secret scrimmage. We don't typically get those. Some years we get, like, kind of a box score-ish out of it, just kind of sourced from other people. Uh, sometimes we don't, um, but I, I love it. I love to hear about this matchup. And I, I just think it's, while it's an off-the-radar team from some for some people, the for college basketball junkies, this is awesome. So I love it. Kudos to Coach Davis and the staff for making this happen. Speaking of which, another thing that we also have on the radar now is live action um and remember there was supposed to be a, a blue white scrimmage a couple weekends ago that had to get canceled because of you know ncaa um and so this is going to be live action this year is going to be the first opportunity to see honestly both teams in uh live and in person remember this used to be called late night with roy now ever since coach davis made the we got live action <laughs> phrase popular now that's what this is called Carolina's uh, kind of the former Midnight Madness, which doesn't happen at midnight anymore. So this is coming up on October 13th at 7 p.m., which is my son's birthday, by the way. That's going to be super fun. Uh, doors are at 5.30. And here's the thing, folks. This is the perfect night to do it. And I'll tell you why. This is why I want to bring it up. 
the next day, do you know who Carolina plays in football on October 14th? First off, it's at home. That's important. Secondly, it's Miami. Massive gain. Uh, we're going to talk more about Miami here in just a second as we get to football. But keep in mind, these events like live action, formerly late night, is a massive massive recruiting opportunity. You want to get in a bunch of highlight, like all those 2025 guys we just talked about. You want to get as many of those dudes on campus as you can for this opportunity to see everything that's going on, see the hype, the hysteria at the beginning of the season. But then also you want them to stick around for this football game the next day. It's going to be an electric atmosphere in Keenan stadium. Hopefully Carolina is still rolling and is, is ready to knock off Miami, hopefully, yet again. Carolina's really held the advantage in that series. And so uh, I think this is a brilliant time to, ha to have live action and brilliant time for you as fans. Like, right, go, go be in Chapel Hill that weekend. Go to live action, you know, free and just go in and then go to the football game the next day. Or, you know, at, if you don't want to pay, you can just participate in all the activities Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Anyway, doors open for live action at 5.30. Make sure you are there. And then the final tidbit I wanted to mention, and I'm going to sound like a broken record on this one. So, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but don't stop me because I love to hear it. <clears throat> Drake Powell is one. I almost said Drake May because we we're just talking about football. Drake Powell is once again moving up the recruiting rankings, right? How many times have we talked about this on this show? But Drake Powell has now at 247 jumped all the way to fourth, fourth in the 247 rankings for 24. At ESPN, he was 34th. He's now come all the way up to 12th. And at Rivals, he is up to 16th. Man, uh, like this is awesome. Encouraging. You'll love to see Drake taking these steps forward. Now, I know there's probably also a little bit of consternation because it's like, but what if he gets too good and then he doesn't stay more than a year that's the cost of doing business at a high level in college basketball right now uh, obviously you'd love for him to be around longer but we'll just have to wait and see how things translate when he steps on campus this time next year well to wrap up the show i want to have a conversation about the state of acc football after three weeks and as we look ahead to the conference slate of the season really getting underway. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Game Time. Folks, life is so incredibly busy. I don't have time to be looking ahead for tickets. If there's an event I want to go to, man, Game Time is the perfect app because you just hop on even day of and it's like, yep, that's the tickets I need. And you grab them right there. Beyond that, one of the things that really stresses me out about getting tickets for events is what my view is going to be. If I'm getting tickets to like a musical, how am I going to see the stage? Am I looking down? You know, all of that stuff. Is my view obstructed? But you don't have to worry about that because with game time, you can see a view from your seat when you buy your tickets. So forget planning months in advance. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, more. And the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download that game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. 
Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Terms apply. All right, I had a question from Brandon Mayberry on Twitter. Brandon uh, and I are often interacting. Brandon, thanks for this question. It was a great one and uh, love to see it. So Brandon said this. This was actually coming after week one uh, was when he sent this question, but I actually kind of have saved it for here because I want to look at it now that we have an even fuller scope of where things are at. Brandon says, quote, I'm curious to know your take on what this loss by Clemson means for the heels, meaning the loss to Duke in week one. Is it too early to think about the possible fallout or is the loss big enough to think it could change the opportunities for UNC this year? That's a great question, Brandon. Basically he's saying is Clemson's loss to Duke mean, like, is it something that it's just like, yeah, it's week one, toss it out. Let's revisit it in week six or seven. Or is it like, Oh no, this is a thing. And we need to look at it and what this could mean for the calculus for North Carolina season. So basically the way I want to look at it is what is the ACC hierarchy three weeks in at this point? Now, again, it's hard to tell because there's only been three total conference games thus far. That Duke Clemson game, Florida State squeaking it out at Boston College this past weekend, and then Louisville beating Georgia Tech. That's all we got so far. But seven of the 14 ACC schools are currently still unbeaten. Duke, Florida State, Louisville, Miami, Syracuse, Wake Forest, and of course, the Tar Heels. And there's only two teams with one loss. And I bring them up because I think it's important too that that's NC State and that only losses to Notre Dame, who I actually think is legit this year. Um, I'm usually like kind of down on Notre Dame, but I, I believe in this team. And then Clemson, whose only loss is to Duke. So you've got, you know, a a lot of teams right in that kind of contention. I think we're going to learn a lot this weekend as we get into the majority of ACC teams playing a conference game. Uh, The crown jewel of which is Florida state heading to Clemson. And so I know we're kind of like, I don't know about Clemson. We're about to find out a lot about them, but it's also a little like was, was I know Florida state didn't lose, but they could have easily. So was that a blip last weekend? Was Clemson a blip? So it's hard to know, like with what we learned this weekend, when Florida state goes to Clemson, are are we going to learn something about the teams? You know, like, I mean, obviously we are, but where are both teams at? I don't know, but we'll learn something about that. I think UNC Pitt is the second big kind of game this weekend as Carolina has to go to pit and follow up what they've been doing. There cannot be a letdown. You can't just cannot afford that happening this weekend. So you've got to go to pit, take care of business. Then you get a week off three other ACC matchups coming up this weekend. NC state at Virginia Wolfpack should, should take care of that easily. Georgia tech at wake forest. I would imagine the demon Deacons win that. And then Boston college at Louisville. That's an interesting matchup. BC looked good against Florida State, so we'll see what happens there. And then uh, there's four non-conference games, so whatever with those. But to to get back to Brandon's question, curious to know your take on what this loss by Clemson means, blah, 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 blah. I think right now, for me, you have to say that Florida State, despite what happened Saturday, is at the top of the heap, the class of the ACC right now. And that's not to denigrate the Tar Heels or anyone else. It's just that Florida State, 
seems to be playing at a different level. Um, going back to that Clemson Duke game, to me, it actually says something about both teams. It tells me that um, with what we saw out of Clemson, and I know they've done better the past two weeks, but to me, the the top three favorites for making the ACC championship right now are Florida State, North Carolina, and Miami. Um, especially since North Carolina doesn't play Florida State this year. I mean, it's like, okay. Now, that's going to mean the games for the Tar Heels against Miami and Clemson are going to be critical. You have to get at least one of those. That Miami game at home that we just talked about would be a great one. Clemson's on the road. So, um, but here's what that Duke um, Florida or Duke Clemson game also tells me that Duke's first year under Mike Elko was no fluke. And Carolina is going to have to be ready in a big way for that one because Duke could also very, you know, like at this point, you could slot them into that conversation with Florida State, Carolina, and Miami. I would put them still a tier below, but I, I wouldn't argue with you if you wanted to put them up. So uh, that's what it looks like for me. There's a long way to go here, right? Like we, Carolina hasn't even played a conference game yet. But to directly answer Brandon's question, yes. To me, Clemson's loss absolutely changes the opportunities for Carolina. But regardless of what other teams are doing, the Tar Heels just have to go out and win, win, win. Just stack game after game after game. Doesn't matter what the other teams around you are doing. You have to put more points on the scoreboard than your opponent. But I will say this, even though I said it's early and there's a long way to go, through three games, as I look at this team and what they are and what they're not, I feel a lot better about this team than I do about the team that started 9-1 and one last year. Especially now that we have a better idea of what Nate McCollum is, I feel good about that. Uh, now, you got to get some dudes healthy on both sides of the ball. That's just, that's just a fact right now. There's, I feel like there's so many Tar Heels banged up that you're depending on, right? Like, um, Willie Lampkin still observing him this week. Got to get him back on the offensive line. Uh, how banged up is Cayman Rucker after getting, you know, being in and out a little bit towards the end of the game last week. <clears throat> and so ultimately this to me is a look at week to week consistency. And right now that means taking care of business at Pitt on Saturday night. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Make sure you tune in again tomorrow when Coach Pat Kilby and I are going to be talking about the Biscuit Boys and what they mean to this program and why they are so important. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels or me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. Shoot the show an email, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on video and audio formats. If you are watching, go ahead and smash the like button so we know you are here. We would love to hear your thoughts and comments on today's show. Folks, as always, a great day to be at Tar Heel. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. But until then, peace. <laughs>